the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I just look at this and I go, if the governor of the state of Ohio, who's masked up everywhere, presumably, because he's Mr. Mask, and who's quarantined and has been vigilant in his right care you can't win in this argument there's no win mask either masks don't work or yeah, the testing he got is it flawed. and he's wearing a mask or, or testing's flawed testing's flawed there. uh we don't know we'll figure it out welcome to a mostly peaceful edition of the uh yeah we tackle fine. life podcast. great I can't promise that it'll stay peaceful oh no, it's great it looks like uh the college football season is uh, more in peril today for some reason uh, than it was late last week when the Big Ten announced its uh, football schedule for 2020. I'm Bruce Hooley, Chris Spielman alongside. Uh, don't don't hide it. Oh. Open that coat up so everybody on Facebook can see Mr. Spielman is wearing my favorite T-shirt. His favorite T-shirt today that says "I'd flex, <laughs> but I like this shirt." There you go. Excellent. So he's feeling full of women figure today, uh, as, as opposed we, to any other day. Ah, uh, well, today we got a. Columbus Blue Jackets win to talk about. I watched it, actually. PGA actually, Championship. I didn't watch that. It's football. I didn't watch the golf. You didn't watch the golf. You're a rarity. The golf ratings are off the charts. Well, that's days. because they're playing. and It's so also because they're not adjusting. cramming politics down your throat, like Major League Baseball yeah. and the NBA, in my exactly. opinion. Uh, they're they're doing what they do. They're playing their sport they're and letting golf. people think what they want to think politically. But... Uh, yeah. Maybe there's a cautionary tale. Well, congratulations to Colin Morikawa and to uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of uh, California. What did he do? He also got a million dollars out of Colin Morikawa's win yesterday. As Morikawa won, I think, $1.9 million for the win, and the taxes on that are $1 million. Colin Morikawa w- walks away with less money for winning the PGA than the state of California. Why? Taxes. Where'd you read that? Darren Ravel. Oh, okay. Darren Ravel. Darren Ravel. Wow. He tweeted something anti-government or anti... Oh, I was shocked that it came from him, although he's tweeting lots of anti-college football stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Citing a source which obviously comes from Northwestern because that's where Darren Ravel comes from, that you know, there's no way to play college football this season. We'll see. Well, they can not play. They can go do something else. Is it possible the Big Ten will not play, and the SEC will. Oh, yeah, and the Big 12, and the ACC. Okay, so how do Ohio State fans take that if not well? the new president of Ohio State comes in and the Buckeyes, who I would say are, I would be, I really would be stunned if they played anything resembling a college football season this year, had a playoff, and Ohio State was not in the playoffs. I'd be stunned by that. Well, that could very well could happen. But other than them not having a chance to get in, which would be, you know, don't play. <laughs> but if everybody plays, I can't imagine that Ohio State would not be in the playoff. So if the SEC, ACC, Big 12 play, and there's a national championship, and Ohio State is not included – would Ohio State fans be madder about that? Is matter a word or, or more mad? Thank you. Jeez, Thank you. I didn't know I have to do that today. No, mad, matter, maddest. That's not a no. Okay, you're you're a more angry. Okay, <laughs> matter. Or what? I mean, what is this? You're Grammar one on one. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Would Ohio State fans be more upset right. about that 
not having a chance to play a season, not having a chance to get in a playoff, than they were in the college fraud ball year where you were so upset oh, that I they think didn't this, get in even though they'd lost a couple games. I'm just going on my own personal feelings, and I think it's they would be more upset without even having a chance to compete. I mean, at least at that point in time, they had the opportunity. If they didn't have the blow-up game, what was that? The Iowa or the Purdue blow-up game? Uh, that was the that cost uh, Iowa blow-up The Iowa blow-up game, that cost them. At least they had a chance. They had two losses. Yeah, they had their, their had their opportunities. They had their chances, and they didn't take advantage of it. They put the decision into somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. Where here, they're not even going to have a chance, very possibly. It's interesting to me. I don't know if you're aware of this, but daycares in the state of Ohio are opening up to full capacity. Yes, I was aware of today. that. And so since they're opening up to full capacity, obviously it's worth the risk of kids and workers in daycares to go back to daycare. Mm-hmm. And I understand because people need to work or the society collapses. Mm-hmm. If you don't work, it just collapses. So what we're saying then... It is safe enough to go back to a daycare, but it's not safe enough to be surrounded in a controlled environment for college football. Well, they obviously, obviously have much better medical staffs and monitoring of the daycare kids than they do at a major multi-million dollar athletic department. So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's where the decisions are being made. That's how the decisions are made. And... With daycares, I applaud Governor DeWine. Didn't think I'd be saying that today, but I applaud Governor DeWine for opening up because he knows that we cannot have a society if player or people with younger children can't work and provide. Mm-hmm. Uh, provide for the state, provide for the country, and most importantly, provide for themselves. And so there's a movement amongst college football players. I think Trevor Lawrence has shown great leadership. Yes, he has. I think Justin Fields has shown leadership. Yep. Most of Ohio State's guys are stepping up and showing leadership. In fact, we're even going to the Ohio State parents who have actually wrote, written a letter. Uh, did you know there was a Football Parents Association no. of Ohio State? No. I, I did not know that either. So, but And so they're they're doing all that they can, but I think the problem is – um, that you have uh, a Big Ten commissioner whose first year on the job um, maybe is doesn't want to make a big mistake or is afraid to take a risk. But I think the risk of not playing college football, this is what nobody else is talking about. Some people are, of the uh, research that I've done on this, that how many athletic departments are going to be decimated by this i mean seriously a lot how many universities how much how many donors and uh donations are going to go down because i can guarantee you uh that people are going to be upset because people are willing to take risk and here's another question that i i want answered and maybe somebody has answered it and i have not seen it the answer i talked to a very bright legal mind Last night, he didn't want his name mentioned. I don't know why, but that's fine. Stan Willis? Willis Bangler Starling? I, I would call Stan. Yeah. I'm, I want you to call him and okay. ask him this question. Maybe he can him. Why can't the player choose to sign a waiver saying, if I get COVID, I will not sue the school. I waive my rights to sue the school if I get COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, I think players would be willing to do that. 
And so, did you see my tweet to Dave Biddle? No. Dave Biddle was tweeting about, you know, it's Dave Biddle of Bucknuts, the guy who broke the Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh uh, story. Uh, Dave Biddle said, you know, it's interesting now that we're this deep into the debate about whether college football should be played, and finally the kids are having a say. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at Dave, and I didn't mean it as snarky as him. I said, if they're great, but if they'd be, if they'd say, you know what, I want to play, and I'm willing to sign a binding waiver mm-hmm. to play, maybe that would alleviate the concern only on Ke- COVID, right? Yeah, on COVID, right? That the that the Kevin Warrens of the world have, maybe that would solve it. No, maybe it would, and and I think that's got to be part of the discussion, because it seems to me that their biggest concern in you know, it, it's almost, it's not, an, I mean, it's, I don't want to say insulting, but they only tell half-truths, which which is really bothersome to me. It is. More than any, I think that bothers me more than anything else, by the way. I mean, I'm not so, sure. I have one thing that bothers me more. Okay, what? I have. I'm talking about coverage. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about coverage. So here's what bothers me. Um. And I, I don't want to end any friendships I've had over the years. I have a lot of friendships, no, in, you my, have great friendships. in my former profession. But I, So I hope that anyone who hears their name now, because I think it's chicken not to give names when you make allegations. I hope that anyone who hears their name now would be do me the uh, favor of a one-on-one conversation about this. But when I see repeated tweets from Ari Wasserman, Mike DeCourcy, Pat Forty, Dan Wolken, uh, I don't know this gentleman, Chris Vanini of The Athletic. I see repeated tweets from sports writers who are ginning up and only reporting the That's, potential yeah. bad news, which is your issue. Right. And then I see them, once Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and the parents start to get involved, play both ends against the middle. Like, oh, well, now, you know, the players want to play. The guys, the players always wanted to play. And if you didn't ask them, and if you didn't report down the middle in the beginning, and now you're trying to, like, portray that, they never oh, reported. I'm not enough. one of the media people who, who's who been writing things that, you know, would push the, the, the cart closer exactly to no right. season. Now you're trying to play both ends against the middle, and I, I'm really bothered by that. We can have, and I would love to have a discussion sure. with them about why I think people should play. I had a very interesting and enlightening text message conversation with a friend of mine last night who is polar opposites from me. You ever get in touch with Greg Doyle, by the politically. way? Politically. No, Greg Doyle. I give Greg Doyle another. He's, yeah. Greg's another guy that I, 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 I wish I could write like Greg Doyle. Mm. I wish I had his talent. Uh, but I'm just totally disagree with him on David Jones, uh, Penn Live. David Jones, tremendous writer. And Dave and I think alike on a lot of things, but boy, on playing the season, we don't think alike at all. And so I hope that if they hear their names, I'm not I'm not ripping them, but I'm just saying that I don't think it's, it's uh, flattering to them that they make the case all throughout the summer. You can't play, you can't play, you can't play. Rip on Trump, rip on the federal response, blah, 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 blah. So I had this conversation last night with this uh, Democratic friend of mine, and he and he's ripping on you know the federal response. We don't have a federal response. When did we get to the point where the federal response to anything had to be the answer to all our problems? Mm-hmm. That we couldn't do it on a state level. That we couldn't do it on a local level. That we can't make decisions for ourselves. 
But we were able to have this conversation last night, and we ended it with, hey, man, I really appreciate your friendship, and mm-hmm. you strengthened me, and I strengthened you, and all. And that's the kind of conversations we need to have. But I, I hope I could have that with my uh, m- former profession, Colleagues, my yeah. friends in my former profession, uh, which I don't think is a profession anymore because of that kind of reporting. I think it's, I think journalism's a joke. Well, that's the thing that I, 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 you know, I actually noticed that last night when all this news started breaking that all of a sudden some of these guys were saying, well, yeah, well then, I mean, Ari Washington, I, Ari's been so anti-playing then all of a sudden, Oh, wait a minute. My anti-playing might conflict with what Justin Fields wants to do yeah. or what Josh Myers wants to do or Chris Olave wants to do or all these players or from Ohio Teague State or all, the all tweeting they want to play. Whoa, wait a minute. You yeah. know, I, mean, I mean, come on. I know Ari's very talented. You know, I mean, we don't do qualifications. So, you know, Ari, Ari's got an issue. Talk to me about it. Uh, but I just, this is to me is like, wait a second, but man. But you weren't reporting any of that. You didn't, did you ever seek to ask or seek in, to in his defense i would say it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to get uh access to ohio state okay. players then then all right but they've had they had a, a captain's call last week yeah. and access to every captain Did and i didn't see you? them pushing i didn't see anybody reporting hey the players really want to play yeah or so but i think the players did address that and josh myers at least addressed that. Yeah, i'm willing to take the risk but eventually you know and, and I'm going back to this because I was trying to think of something uh, that would help if I were having a discussion with one of the um, negative news reporters, only negative. And I would say this, is at what point is it worth the risk? Uh, I would say three things. The first thing is at what point is it worth the risk to take sports away from people to say high school college when anybody that is in a sport and or a group activity example band example drama club example cheerleading Mm -hmm. example uh uh, robotics club i know a kid in robotics club who took so much pride in that and competing in that or and the life lessons that are learned through those that are impossible impossible to teach inside of a classroom yeah you know for me i learned more about life and how to deal with real life issues via sport that's my life that was my experience and to deprive young people the opportunity to have those experiences the good and the bad the wins and the losses and to constantly think that you're going to shield and protect them from everything. We're doing them a tremendous, tremendous disservice on something that has a 99% survival rate. I get, okay, there could be heart damage. Yes, there could be heart damage by eating too many cheeseburgers. There could be heart damage for kids that drink. There could be heart damage uh, for kids that smoke. Um there, you know, obviously there's underlying conditions, but at least, at the very least, give the people the opportunity. If they're of age, they can choose and decide for themselves. If they're not of age, give the people the chance and the opportunity to have the freedom to make the choice on what risks they want to take in life. I, 
would venture to say that... Would somebody answer that? Yeah, 98% of the people who had f- uh, a close friendship in high school or college, it was someone, your friendship was with someone who you shared an extracurricular activity experience with. You're probably not close friends with somebody who you're just in history class with. You're close friends with somebody you're in the band with, in chess club with, in sports with, in something with, maybe in a Bible study with, some extracurricular outside of academic activity that you shared with them because you have shared interests, okay? So, I mean, does it one cause the other? I don't know, but it's just that when you take away playing sports for these for these guys, and not just at Ohio State where they're trying to get to the NFL, but even at the MAC level, I don't think these, this is my big thing. I've said from the beginning that this is a complete failure of leadership. You know how you you know how you know it's a failure of leadership how? is that you keep hearing well the Big 10 really doesn't want to play. But they're wondering how the other conferences will respond if they don't play. If you're positive you're right, why do you need cover from anybody else to legitimize your feelings? Well that and that and the other thing too. I am really really upset at this because it's not being honest when the only site especially some of the reporters now some of them reported both ends so i don't i'm not gonna i don't know who did what but i've when the mac is main concern as they said it was was the health and safety of their athletes okay there may be some concern with that there's going to be concern when every student's on campus, by the way, and that's another point I want to make. But why not say because we can't play because the Power Five stole or did not live up to the agreement to pay us $11 million? That's why we're not playing or, or possibly canceling to it to the season. Just say that because the Power Five deprived the MAC of the $11 million that it was owed to play. Contraction. Uh, yes. Like BG's going to get a million for playing Ohio 2. State. 2.2 million BG yeah. was going to get. Yeah. 2.2 million. The total MAC conference takeaway from the non-conference was $11 million. Okay? So for for uh, 12 MAC schools, you're looking at roughly around, you know, a total of a million dollars each mm-hmm. or, or a little under a million dollars. But that goes a long way in their budgets. People are shocked. I think people will be shocked to know that 68% of MAC athletic funding comes from the school and assessment fees of all students on campus. That's not how it is at Ohio State. Ohio State's athletic department brings in a bunch of money from football and men's mm-hmm. basketball, and it sustains 36 varsity sports with no university kick into yeah. the pot with no assessment of student fees. But in the MAC, it's different. You pay a student assessment fee so they can have intercollegiate athletics. Yeah. And what Chris is saying about a million-dollar hit to a MAC athletic department, that tells you how they're basically living month-to-month sure. in the MAC athletically. And if you take a million dollars out, they can't afford to do it. So I don't know how they're going to have football in the spring if they still don't get the $2 million. And this is what I think, getting back to my leadership thing, oh, COVID's out there somebody might get sick and the numbers are that, you know, they probably won't, but even one person is too many. Okay, fine, (laughs) fine. But do you have any idea the long-term impact on college athletics from not playing this season? Now, I want to be clear. 
That's not a reason to play, just to sustain the system as is, just for the... It's one reason it's, of many. But I'm saying, you have to weigh... Here's I envision, if there's no college football this year, I envision that one of the consequences of no college football this year will be that the era of 85 scholarship football players is over. That the era of so 30, what's, what's, 36 varsity sports at Ohio State is over. What's the repercussions of not having 85 scholarships? Fewer people get an opportunity. Now, yeah. you'll have greater competitive balance in college football because you did when you went from 105 to 85. So, you know, the but you can't just stack up five stars at your elite programs. But the thing is, if you can only afford, and, and if you can only afford 65 football scholarships, let's say, or 70, mm-hmm. then baseball scholarships are going to get cut. Lacrosse is going to get cut. Soccer is going to get gonna, cut. Everything's going to get cut. The men's sports are going to get cut because you have to be able yeah. to comply with Title Nine. That's just the way. Stanford, which has always been the gold standard in the non-revenue sports. Olympic sports. Elite yeah. at a varsity level. Stanford has cut 11 varsity yeah. sports already. Stanford. Yeah. Where you go? This is what you're doing. I've never seen anybody in my life. I've talked to you. They're, they're, they're committing athletic suicide. And they're going to deny kids in the future opportunities to compete. Now, I understand there's risk, but at some point in time, you have to be willing to take a risk or you're going to devastate and deny opportunities to future generations. And that's a father who has a daughter on a Mac campus as a scholarship yeah. athlete. Okay, so if if you and I were convinced that there was a significant risk to a young person's long-term health or their survival to play college sports, neither one of us would at all advocate playing. No. But the numbers, or look at the data. Study after study after study, data, young people not at risk, young people don't transmit this, that, so, the other. That's yeah. why we're like, look, you cannot eliminate all risk in life. And that's <laughs> why we're like, okay, well, let's go forward, let's play. So um, the other thing that there's risk in everything how many people have died during training camps in college? It happens. 30. Yeah. 30. Okay. Training okay. camps in co- all time? 30? Uh, I think in the last 20 or, or okay. 20, 30 years, yes. 30 people have died. How many people have been paralyzed in college? Well, a, a lot. I can name two right off the top of my head. Chucky Mullins. Tyler uh, Gentry. Tyler Gentry. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bonacani. Uh, how many people have uh, lifelong uh, injuries in college? Uh, uh, probably 50% with pains and aches and pains. So there are assumed risks that you take when you decide to participate in a sport like athletics. Now, could there be people that have heart damage? Yes, probably. Okay, but are the, is it your decision? Do you make their health decisions? And are you, are you part of their family's risk assessment? Apparently, you're going into their risk assessment and making those decisions for those people when the data doesn't back you up. If somebody wants to take the risk, every time, every football player that I know and that I played with, and I use this in a quote many times when I was being interviewed as a player, I know the risk. I know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to take that risk. And back then, 
kids. Back then in our country, you had a freedom to choose what risk you want to take via sports. You had the freedom to make that choice and that decision. What they are doing is they're taking away your choice to do a risk assessment and evaluation on what choices you have. And the last thing I want to bring up, and I brought this up to you two months ago or a month and a half ago. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence brought it up last night. How I phrased it, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of Clemson, who seems to be the voice of this, which is good because you need guys like uh, Justin or Trevor to be the voice of, of this thing. The thing that I would ask, can you get COVID not playing football? Could yes. you get COVID living in life? Can you get COVID in the Walmart? Could you get COVID at the gas station? Could you get COVID in a restaurant? Could you get COVID? The only way I'm not going to get COVID if, is if I sit in my house with a mask and gloves on and spray Lysol every 15 minutes. No interaction never with anyone go, outside. I your never home. interact with anything. But the answer is an unequivocal yes, mm-hmm. because there will be COVID cases on campuses. We'll read about them all all some all winter. We will. That's what will happen. So what is the difference? What is the difference? You can get COVID while you're playing football. You can get COVID if you don't play football. What is the difference? And what what is the risk percentage? Uh, how's that different? I mean, you're going to tell me that when kids go back to school. By the way, Youngstown's talked to Coach Trestle yesterday. Youngstown State checked into their dorms yesterday. The FBS, Division One AA, is planning on playing a spring season. They want to have a championship. Coach Trestle's showing leadership, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, that answer me that question. Nobody seems to have an answer for that. Well, the, the classrooms are controlled. <laughs> you know, socially distant. What, what about the dorms? What about the restaurants? Finally, last night I started to see college players say, we're safer playing than we are going back exactly. home. Exactly. And we've said that all along because never before have college players in the Power Five been monitored, tested, treated, watched, advised like they are right now. I asked my daughter. I mean, the only reason they're home and somebody went home and got COVID and and she came back, tested positive, everybody had to go home again. They're safer in that environment. And, And not to say that is you're not being honest. You're not. And it drives me crazy when there's not honesty involved in this debate. It's insanity. And 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 to say that we're worried about the health and benefit as the only reason is lie. It's a lie. You're being lied to. And they sit there and lie to you in your face. And they sit there and want to make it, oh, God bless the children. We must protect the children. You're lying. Yeah, I mean, it's. I responded to a tweet last night. I said it's political. You're lying only if that's if you say that is yeah. your only reason. They it's, won't come. They won't report on the liability. They won't report on sign waivers. No. They don't report on that. So, you know, if you take the percentage chance of COVID killing you, which is like far 0. far zero four percent, you have a ninety nine point nine six percent chance of dying from something other than COVID. So if I gave you that exact percentage chance of winning the lottery and being a millionaire, would you be or being a multimillionaire, would you be so convinced you were going to win the lottery that you would spend every dollar you have now and never save for retirement? No, of course not. Of 
course not. You would say, no, I need to be prudent. I need to, the, the, the odds are I'm not going to win the lottery. If right. it's only like 0.004%, I'm probably not going to win the lottery. So I'm going to save for retirement. It's the same question. If you're so certain that you're going to get COVID that, you know, you can't play college football and you can't, you got to do this, you got to do that, then why don't you apply that percentage chance to other well, eventualities in your life? Because you'd go, no, that's a long shot. That's not going to happen. I'm going to save for retirement. <laughs> so why is this different? It's different because you can leverage it for other means. Yeah. That's why it is different. So last night after midnight, uh, you know how serious these players are that they want to play Spiels because they have not one but two hashtags. We are united and we want to play uh, with the logos of the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC, and Big 12. Uh, those hashtags are on a thing circulating on social media right now that the players are all retweeting. We want to play that's football this shot. season. That's the only people. That's yeah. the because they're not looking at data. They may say they are, but they're not. They can't. No, play. They're a CYA mode. They're in they, a lawyer mode. Let's avoid litigation. Let's avoid all risks. That's the only reason. So yeah. if, because if they would, were if they were positive, they were right. I read a story that came out like 20 minutes ago from Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. And she quotes an AD in a Power 5 conference, a president at a non-football playing school, a blah, blah, blah. Every quote, and the story's got a lot of quotes in it, every quote is anonymous. Now, why is that? Nobody wants to own their opinion. I thought... We paid athletic directors and conference commissioners and school presidents a lot of money because they're very accomplished in their fields mm -hmm. and because of their leadership abilities. Why do the leaders, none of them want to own any of their... Were they all negative comments? Or uh, were they they, yeah, they were all like, it's inevitable, we're going to cancel. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, what about the ones that want it and say we got to do everything Well, we there's can. none of that in the story, Not because, and I, and I don't blame her for that. I, she probably can't find one. But if you're so positive, again, I'll say, you're so positive you're right, Kevin Warren, that you want to move the season to the spring, then why don't you come out and own it and tell us why? You're a very learned, educated man to have attained the esteemed position of Big Ten Conference Commissioner. You're clearly qualified for the job. You don't, you don't luck into that job. So be a leader. Take a stand courageously defend your decision and own it. Don't sit there and say, well, you know, I, I really think we should cancel the season. It's the right thing to do. Is the Big 12 going to follow us? Is the ACC going to yeah, follow us? Waiting. Is the SEC going to follow us? For... Because if they decide to play and we don't, then I'm really going to take a lot of heat. And oh. I don't want to take a lot of heat. I want everybody to confirm I'm right. If you're going to make the decision a decision with great gravity against the wishes of a lot of your headline players. I don't know that every player, but you're, again, if you're a leader, you don't need other people to confirm your decisions. Yeah. If I'm, um, they move this football to the spring and I'm a, uh, a coach, I tell if guys in the top three rounds of the NFL, don't play. Bye bye. It'll don't. truly be spring football be, if it's played be, in the uh, spring. Don't don't play. You'll be like, wait, I'm watching. What Just am don't I play. watching here? Don't play. Don't play. It'll yeah. be like football in the. Remember the uh, year the NFL had a strike and there were scabs and then like 
12 Browns crossed the picket line. Gary Danielson was one of them, came back and played the Bengals, and they played a bunch of Bengals that nobody ever heard of. Yeah. Browns won the game really easily. There will be some guys, some first, second, third rounders, who will just, for the love of the game, their Chris Spielman attitude, they're going to play. And maybe Justin Fields will be that guy. Maybe Trevor Lawrence will be that guy. I don't know. Maybe Travis Etienne will be that guy or whoever else, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis, Chris Olave. But it's not going to be an even playing field, and it's not going to be an asterisk-free season. I wouldn't play either. I wouldn't play in a spring. I mean, There's a no powerful way. voice in college football like Urban Meyer says, don't play. Yeah. Then no, I think oh, Ohio, yeah. any Ohio State player has cover if Urban Meyer says, oh, I can't even ask you to play. Don't play. Exactly. I think Ryan would do the same thing. He would too. Because he's not selfish, and he's looking out and giving his advice. He's not making the decision for them. He's offering his opinion. You're going to be an NFL player. If that's what you want, don't play. If you don't want to be an NFL player, love to have you. That's simple. Yep. It's that simple. What, go do the uh, – I got a story about it, uh, Hemisphere. All right, great. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. See the poster behind us if you're watching on Facebook. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com is where you order the official coffee of the Spielman and Huli We Tackle Life podcast. Andy reached out to us as a listener, told us about Hemisphere Coffee. Uh, we, uh, we went out. We met Paul Grace. We found out their mission is to help growers in impoverished countries, Thailand, Indonesia, Ethiopia. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. And, whoa, the coffee's tremendous. Mr. Oh. Spielman loved the coffee. And everybody loves the coffee. Many multiple orders from people who found Hemisphere Coffee through the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Should be a lesson to everybody. See what happens to you when you advertise on this show. That's right. And uh, <laughs> you also save money when you buy from Hemisphere by using the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Light, medium, dark roast. Bunch of flavors. I can't even begin to tell you how many different flavors they have go to their website browse their menu order it they'll ship it right to you probably a handwritten note thanking you for listening to the podcast so what is your uh, story so i unplugged my headphones here so anyway uh you two things back? i got two two carry stories carries my wife okay for those new listening to the podcast um, in the midst of my 6,000 uh, journey i'm at 4768 miles as of this morning Walking, running, uh, jogging, elliptical, no, biking. No, no jogging. A little little jogging, but I can't because hips and yeah. stuff. But anyway, bike, mainly cycling and walking. So I'm on the, on the Peloton. I'm about, about mile 18. I get a text yesterday morning. I love this coffee. This coffee is great. And I said, really? Because the caveat to that is this young lady only drinks a certain big box name brand coffee. Mm. She's high maintenance on her coffee, unlike myself. <laughs> Would this be somebody I've ever worked with before? So I asked her what the brand was, and we've narrowed it down to two. Her brand is either Hunter's Blend or the Breakfast Blend. Okay. One of the two. So if I could break her of her big name coffee, mm -hmm. And get her committed to the Hemisphere coffee. Uh, that would be a big win for Hemisphere. And the other issue, she had a uh, tremendous headache yesterday going to church. Got a good church story for you, by the way. Good. Going to church. And I go, did you take Advil? Didn't help. Did you take Tylenol? Doesn't work. How about Excedrin? Can't take the extra strength. 
Makes me jittery. Okay. She is high maintenance. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> She's, I don't let her. Oh, boy. You'll get on her target list. Oh, I'll get a text for I that. I said when we go home. Get the Spielman CD, CBD, uh-huh. and I'm not kidding you, right? I mean, I'm I'm not just saying this. Yep. I I rubbed it on her head and her face, and it gave her a lot of relief. So not only is this good for any muscles, but I'm telling you, the most the 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 and you had it um, on, my, on neck, my neck works on, on my, my neck. I, when I get a headache, I don't take Advil or Tylenol or Excedrin anymore. I take this. To take the edge off, and I just rub it just like this. I take the lid off. And I'll do it now. See, I just rub it on my face just like that, and I'm good. SpielmanCBD.com for your I mean, that, Spielman those are CBD. True, those are t- those true are stories. stories. So I'm not, you know, I don't BS anybody. The on this. Uh, CBD comes in soft gels. It comes in gummies. It comes in everything. It comes in uh, all different varieties. Even sunscreen with CBD. Yeah. So they got it go. all going on. Rick and Ashley and the great people at CBD Health Collections that bring to you SpielmanCBD.com. Fantastic. All right. Congrats to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. They advanced. You watched Watched the game? I did. Okay. Watched Rims and Jody did a nice job. They did do a nice job. uh, Yeah. I, I, yeah. I I mean, I thought that was a playoff round. They just got one that to get into the playoffs. Now they play Tampa Bay, which I think is still pretty good, but didn't they not upset Tampa Bay last year? They did. Swept them. Tampa Bay was the winningest team in the uh, NHL, and the Jackets swept them 4 nothing. Okay. So that was when, of course, the Jackets had Matt Duchesne, Artemi Panarin, and Sergei Bobrovsky, who none of them uh, are now on the Jackets, and none of them are also still active in the NHL playoffs, by the way. Wow. All what, three of their teams got beaten in the first round. Who was the, uh, what's the goalie's name? Uh, last night's goalie? The guy threw a pitch to shutout. Eunice Corpusello. Corpusello, yeah. His second shutout Corby. in a five-game series. Only one other goalie in the last 82 years, Spiels, yeah. has pitched a shutout in uh, a five-game NHL series. Good, good good job, Blue Jackets. Felino had a goal last Nick night. Nick Felino had a goal, which Empty is good. Netter, but it was good. It's all right. Still because goal. he had a uh, costly tripping penalty, disputed tripping penalty. Wasn't in, his fault. In overtime. Yeah, it was a guy who took a dive. That led to uh, Toronto's game-winning goal in overtime of Game 4 when the Jackets had a 3-0 lead with four minutes left and blew it. Well, that's the other guy's fault. It wasn't his fault. Now, it's Elvis Merz-Lincoln's, <laughs> the goalie. So Elvis got apparently got hurt. Well, I think his feelings got hurt more mm-hmm. than anything. In that game, they put Corpy back in net. He shut Toronto out in Game 1. Toronto was the uh, third-highest scoring team in the league. And the Jackets uh, allowed them only three five-on-five goals in a five-game series. Pretty impressive. Sus- uh, would you- suspicious, suspicious mind set by Elvis. I see what you did there. Suspicious <laughs> mind. Um, did I laugh at my joke? You laughed at your own joke, yes. which is not the first time that's happened. That was the first elimination game, winner-take-all game, I will say, because any time you're in the playoffs, you eventually play an elimination game. First winner-take-all game in Jackets history, and they won it. Good. Uh, Frederick Anderson, the Toronto goaltender, Spiels, is now 0-8 in winner-take-all games. Maybe he shouldn't be in goal in winner-take-all games. Wow, that's a bad stat, Frederick Anderson. Really bad stat. I don't know what to tell you. So they'll play Tampa 3 p.m. tomorrow. You up for some mid-afternoon hockey in the Spielman household? Uh... If I remember, text me if it's on. I, I the only reason I thought it was on was because you didn't. You were lazy. You didn't go to Sports Ohio. 
I because couldn't find you, it. You saw I, a strong man. Actually, I was watching the PGA, and my 11 year old is now a dyed in the wool, sold out Blue Jackets fan. And she was troubled that she could not find it on. What was she looking? She was looking for it on Fox Sports Ohio. Or she was looking for it. Wherever she was looking for it, she couldn't find it. And so she wanted to know if it was on. It's not on, Dad. It's blacked out. It was not on at NBCSN. I said, it's probably on Fox Sports Ohio. No, it's a strongman competition. Well, she didn't click on the strongman competition to see if it was actually a strongman competition. No. Well, that's her mistake. So I love how you're throwing your daughter under the bus. She's totally under the bus. (laughs) So I went to Twitter and I said, where's the Jackets game? And people told me and she found it and she was happy. I can't believe you put the blame. Which daughter was it? The 11-year-old. The littlest one. Alexa, yeah. Wait, way to go, Bruce. Way to throw her under the bus. It's her fault. She watched yours. the game in her Sergey Bobrovsky jersey. <laughs> She's a big fan of Elvis. I don't know. Yet. What, Yet. I don't know what to tell her about uh, Corpy probably taking the job away from Elvis. Um, okay. Uh, PGA Championship we covered. We covered the Blue Jackets. Uh, this would be a good time. We mentioned our friend Stan Willis from Willis Spangler Starling. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. They're a full service law firm. If you don't have a go-to attorney, those uh, issues will crop up in life. Can where you, you need legal advice? Can you just ask them today about if 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 a player can sign a waiver? I will. To I'll, waive text, the right to... I'll text Stan and ask him yeah. if there's such a legally thing. wise. Yeah. Why can you not sign a binding I mean, legal waiver? Because yeah. I would think you know, with all these players now coming out with their social media statements about I want to play, well, I'm willing to sign a binding legal waiver to play. That'd be fine. So we'll see. You can get a hold of Stan Kelly, any of the great attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling by going to their website, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, and they can do it all. They can do personal injury, workers' compensation, uh, wills, estate planning, you name it, they can do it. Willis Spangler Starling, online at willisattorneys.com. Quick question. Yeah. If the Big Ten does not play, mm-hmm. how do you, and, and say the Pat, or Big 12 SEC, ACC play. How do you view the Big Ten? Do you lose any respect? Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. Uh, it's just it's done to they me. They whiffed. It's done to me. It's done. I, I don't. I, I I I can't acknowledge it because of. First of all, they hide behind. Not that it's not an issue because it is, but they hide behind. The, they only use one headline. We're concerned about the health and safety of our players. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're not, but that's not the reason. The only reason the Mac isn't playing is $11 million, not because they're concerned or their main concern. They can't play because the Power Five took that away from them when they slashed them and gutted them for $11 million that they're owed. Uh, Northern Illinois was the ringleader on... The Mac not playing their president apparently is a actual doctor can write you a prescription, not just a PhD. And that person did not want to play. Uh, Pete Thamel, Yahoo Sports, uh, who's very good, uh, was tweeting about the Big Ten. He says sentiment at the presidential level remains at a strong majority to shut down. Okay, good. The shut question down. here's what I just like laughed at this. The question's still lingering is what leagues could end up joining them when they do go public. Again, I say, if you're sure you're right, why do you need people to join you and confirm you're right? Yeah. Because you don't want to take, you know, you said, what's the opinion going to be of the Big Ten? Missed opportunity, chicken. 
fans are going to be outraged if the SEC plays and the Big Ten. Imagine Trevor Lawrence on ESPN hoisting a crystal football in January because they beat Oklahoma in the national championship game 55-10 to and Dabo's up there and all this kind of stuff. And there's no mention made of the fact that Ohio State didn't play college football because that, of course, would, you know, rain on the moment. And ESPN's not going to do that. So they're up there on the podium, and Trevor Lawrence's locks are flowing. And, oh, MVP Lawrence, Lawrence, the greatest player of all time. And Ohio State fans are going to have to sit there and eat that because their president and the other presidents of the Big Ten didn't play, and they were waiting for everybody else to join them and confirm their decision, and nobody did. So imagine what, that. Now, and that, or if you're a coach in the Big Ten, imagine what it does to recruiting. I mean, do you think other coaches would use that against the Big Ten? They'll use anything they can use. Okay, that's my point. So, of course they will. Of so, course they will. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's a great point that you make to uh, Mr. Warren. If you don't want to play, then just stand up and say, I don't want to play. Here's the other thing. Why do you have to have people? Why do you have to bring people? You can say you're either with me or you're against me. Why don't we insist that every Big Ten president publicly own their vote? They're paid by taxpayers. They're paid by taxpayers. Okay. So if you want to be the president, you want to be the president of Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State, all these big land grant universities, the university in your state, you're going to make a decision that. A lot of citizens in your state have an emotional investment in. You why can you not? Why can you not publicly own your vote? Mm-hmm. If you're positive, you're right. You're positive. You're taking the altruistic view that you can defend from the data that it's more safe for players to go home on their own, away from your school's medical staff. Why not own that publicly? Yeah, because that would be then being held accountable, and can't have that. Can't have it. And, and, uh, no, I mean, seriously, uh, Kevin, if you're so right and the, you know this is the right thing in your mind and you're the leader of the Big Ten, then pull it. Pull it. Tell the presidents we need to pull. We need to stop. Pull it. Just pull it all. Then then watch the SEC and, and you know, the Pac-12 because I don't, I don't view the SEC as followers in the college football world. I don't view the Big 12 as followers because they're always over there clamoring for attention. And all you have to say is we feel our players are safer with us than without us. That's it. And it's their responsibility not to give it to somebody, be around somebody with underlying conditions or older people or whatever else. So I presume the defendable argument they will make if they cancel the season is that it's in the interest of player safety, right? Yes, that's the only thing they're saying. Okay, so... uh, it's safer to not play and then to ask the guys to play in the spring and then play again in the fall of 2021? No, That's they safer? have no argument, Bruce. They I don't. Know. I know they don't. If, now, I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy. People look at people look at this as a binary decision. It's either one or the other. It's like, if we don't play, then there's safe. risk in playing, there's risk in not playing. They don't want to admit that. They, they, they don't want to admit that there's any risk in not playing. There's like, no, no, if we don't play... Nobody gets sick. The virus knows he's in uniform. Attack him. He's <laughs> yeah. in street clothes. Leave him alone. It's well, the Michigan virus 
seasonal house state player in uniform so the michigan virus works its way across the borders and attacks ohio state players mm. yes that's what they're concerned i about. see very good. so i don't know that's that's it's just i would have more respect and say we're afraid of litigation if we don't get waivers we're not playing just come out why can't anybody just come out and say that why why can't the mac just say that we're afraid of litigation we lost all our money because the power five screwed us so yeah. I mean, why just come out and say it? Yeah. Why? Why do we have to? Uh, yes, because but, we're all way too stupid to know that. In their opinion, their opinion is if we don't tell them, they won't know why we're not playing. We're a little bit smarter than you're giving us credit for. <sighs> uh, before we transition to the faith portion of the podcast, let's yes. get to the service portion of the podcast. Yeah. Tell us all about the. OSU Legends of Football Ice Bucket Challenge yesterday. And then, and then please, 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 <laughs> would you make a formal apology to all the people you offended I yesterday? I will. Please. Yes. So yesterday, um, we went to, uh, we did the Ice Bucket Challenge for William White, former teammate of mine. Many people are aware of who William is. I'm sure you did this in a very small room and closed inside. No, it was outside oh. at the Ohio State Golf Course oh, where okay. people were naturally social distancing because it's becoming part of our yeah. our, li- our lives now um, before, upon entering everybody uh, answered a few health questions and underwent underwent a temperature uh, walked in everybody had mask on I was MC so I didn't have a mask on but I was the closest person to me was probably 15 yards for the majority of the time mm-hmm. how many people approximately look like about 40. Uh, that 30. 30 people. 30 people. Well, I don't yeah. know. Can you socially distance on a property as big as yeah. the Ohio State golf courses <laughs> yeah. with 30 people? Just check. So, it. anyway, so we each coach was, Coach Urban was there, Coach Tress was there, uh, Greg Lashuka, former mayor player, uh, was there representing Woody Hayes and Earl, Earl Bruce. They all had teams of guys that played with them. Mm, so, Jeff Logan. Cool. It was cool. And then the, everybody would get a nice bucket and at the end they dumped like 30 ice buckets on me and i didn't flinch by the way i don't no, know you if didn't. you saw the video no, i did see the video i, I retweeted just, the it's video. it's all about toughness to me you it was did. a mental toughness somebody test. came in with a late one i was wondering if you were thinking okay there's bucket number yeah. one two three four five six seven Whew, it's over and then yeah. whoop there came bucket number eight yeah in and, late and so then you know uh, some had mask on, some didn't have mask on because I don't know if a wet mask is very difficult to breathe through in 90 degree heat if you have a wet mask on. But again, everybody went through a pre-screening. We took a picture and the a lot of people were very offended. After it's over, after it's a over, photograph was taken of all the people. All the people, not all the people there, just the players, players. and the coaches. Okay. And some people were very offended. Now, who suggested some dire, risky activity like a photograph be taken. Who can we blame that on? Uh, well, I think everybody wants to, but we wanted for William. And I think William wanted a picture taken, and William was the one that that is fighting ALS. William mm. White, former Buckeye, former Detroit Lion teammate of Chris's. So William, obviously moved by his friends yeah. and Ohio State uh, football brethren, coming out on a Sunday to take ice buckets to hopefully eradicate the disease that he's currently afflicted and with. And sanitizer, socially distanced. Requested work. a photograph be taken. And the nerve of us. What is? What are you thinking, really? I mean, well, what are you I thinking? Mean, obviously, Granting I'm, the wish of William White. So do uh, you want me to read some of the I lovely can't Twitters? wait. I can't wait for you to read Spielman's mean tweets. Okay. I, can, uh, I think I might have one. I actually, I thought I did a pretty good job of... 
you did responding Very because good. it was uh, it was um, I, I just don't understand people and you know I I think I do then what happens Bruce is I get uh, just so surprised at people sometimes uh, and I don't know why I do let's start with this one uh, wait let me see Spiel's notifications were not a not, kind, I mean, most not a friendly good. place to be yeah, uh, because of the lack of mass. I, I've got in the so many of them. Yeah. Uh, one was just while you know, he's searching for that. Let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. The Do your shirt, thing. shirt that I'm wearing says AUI on it. AUIinfo.com is where you go to get answers that small businesses have in an uncertain time in the know, middle aftermath make your own decision of a pandemic chrissy and steve and julie and the other 14 employees at auinfo.com certainly understand your concerns as a small business being a small business themselves they understand service too they appreciate your business they will be ongoing consultants of yours you'll hear from them you'll benefit from aui university they'll keep you apprised of all the latest compliance issues in the state of ohio as we ramp back up as we go through a fall, maybe we'll have a change of administration. If we do, there'll probably be new rules, new regulations, new taxes, new this, new that. So you need a place to go for answers. The place is not the internet and a Google search. The place is auiinfo.com, and they are compensated by the people that they put you with, not by you. So it's a great opportunity for you to benefit from their expertise at auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. So I copied these people, then retweeted over their tweets so people yes. didn't think I was making things up. Mm -hmm. My friend Mike says, no mask, no social distancing. You would think someone like you has been through what he has would get it. Thanks, Mike. My response, I'll, I'll tell you, my response to Mike was this. Everyone went through a health check, took a mask off for a minute, group picture, one last ice dumping. Other than that, for the main part, suggested rules are followed. By the way, hopefully you make a donation since you're interested in our fundraising, or maybe you were there. Uh, not that Karen tweets, mask, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Good. I'm glad she put three on there. Social distancing and masks were followed, plus health check upon arrival. One minute of picture is nice, but hopefully you'll make a donation. Hopefully, hope while you were evaluating everything, you realize the gift of service that went on. So her response to you was one word and three exclamation points. Yes. Mask! My friend Chris wrote, My bad. I forgot coronavirus gives you a minute of leeway to take a photo before it tries to infect oh. you. I forgot that if you have a mask on in a photo, it ruins the whole event. And so he's just being a smart ass, right? Wow. And so my response to him last time, Chris, it's not about mask. Everyone had mask on. Everyone also social distance when possible. Everyone used hand sanitizer. Everyone went through a basic health screening. Took mask off for one minute. Raised 50000 Hopefully you donated now that the mask mystery has been solved. You did so well with those responses. <laughs> uh, then Chris came back. Well, I guess we'll disagree on the unnecessary risk added for having your full face in the photo. Okay. Take that, Mr. Spin. Yeah, that's a shut. I hope you feel And I said, appreciate your input. Century. Would be grateful for your donation to the ALS Association. The one minute was worth the risk. 
By the way, every dollar does help those fighting ALS that has a 0% recovery rate, unlike other issues that have a 99.9% recovery rate. That is a great point, sir. Uh, okay, uh, so we get the general tenor. Well, I mean, just do you want to hear? Uh, I want to hear one more. Yeah. One more. Um, Nora is very upset. Sure, wish you and fellow leaders would have had taken this tremendous opportunity to lead by example. Moreover, in considering the very important cause, you're all very important voice for mask up. Okay, Throw that was on Nora. The mercy of Nora. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I did it. I, I, I thought I was very measured. You got an exemplary. You get an A-plus from me I, on your response. I sat there and told Carrie. She can tell you this. I was sitting there, and I... Were you no, laughing? I, I, I was, like, seething because you, you people, you have no idea. I mean, what world are you people living in? Uh, one grip by fear, sir. What, and, and then I said to her, you know, Karen, I wish I can channel the old Bruce Hooley right now. I wish I could channel him. And I know that I, that's, and I want to do it so bad, but, and I want Bruce to do all my responses, yeah. but I'm not going to take him down that dark path again. No, so you did very well. <laughs> Uh, did you read any of those to Sherry or not? I did not, uh. Uh, but it'll be fun too. Yeah, <laughs> that um, family dinner day, kids. Yeah. Let's learn to Spielman's about, mean tweets. Let's learn about taking a mask off for a minute and how idiotic you are. So I've not encountered anyone of that mindset uh, when I get out of my car and walk into an establishment with my mask in my hand, which I then put on immediately as I cross exactly the threshold. Exactly what I do. I do not wear it out and about, and I do not walk up to people and violate the social distance protocols. But I've not heard anyone scream at me yet for not wearing a mask in the open spaces a, of a golf course. Being like a smart ass. Yeah, I mean, pro. I even wear a mask in the pro shop at a golf course yeah, in the rare occasions that I go in uh, to a pro shop. And so, anyway, uh, that brings us to the faith portion of the podcast because uh, my faith portion concerns a response that I received on Twitter from uh, Cappy Kid, uh, who I noted that the move to cancel college football is, in my opinion, largely politically related. Yes. And that I said if, you know, we had a different administration in power, the portrayal of this in the media would be 100% different. Yes. And her or his tweet back to me was, how do you justify... Being a Christian what? and cheering on someone who has had multiple wives is the worst Christian ever and is now the president of Christians. Well, um, Donald Trump's the president of the United States, so he's the president of Christians and non-Christians and everybody in between, uh, just as Barack Obama was. So my response to Cappy Kid was, I serve a God who termed an adulterer and a murderer a man after God's own heart. King David. Yes. And I hashtagged it because when I'm serious, I hashtag it. King David, hashtag forgiveness, hashtag grace. And I just thought the reason I wanted to address this was because our earthly mindset is behavior-oriented. We respond in love to people who love us, treat us nicely. We respond or are tempted to respond, as Chris was tempted to respond, 
in anger, or at least in kind. We generally ignore people who ignore us. We are tempted to respond to people um, less than politely, who are less than polite to us. Our whole frame of reference, we're not friends with people who don't like us or we don't like. We respond in kind. That's the human inclination. Correct. God is not like that. Nope. God loves everyone the same. God does not love me more now that I'm serving him than he did in all the many years that I did not serve him. He just loves me the same. Now, my outcome eternally will be dramatically different because I have dedicated my life to serving him and claiming his son's sacrifice or payment for my sins. My outcome will be different. But the fact that he loves me did not change. when I, He did not love me more. And that's the miracle of God's love. He loves everyone. He loves a president who's an adult, who, who's, you know, had multiple wives and is uh, narcissistic and uh, mean in his tweets. He loves Donald Trump the same as he loves me, the same as he loves Chris, the same as he yep. loves Cappy Kid, the same as he loves anybody who uh, tweeted at Chris about not wearing a mask at the ALS challenge for a minute. That's the miracle of God's love. But when love. I was emceeing, I also didn't wear it, but I was properly social Oh, distanced. I would hope so. I got to qualify that everything. And that love is, it's there for everyone. It's not like it becomes available to you when you accept God's son, Jesus Christ, as your savior. Your outcome eternally changes, and that's my overriding mission in life is to make everyone understand the gravity, the eternal gravity of determining for yourself. No one else can make this determination for you. You can't make it for your kids. Your mom and dad can't make it for you. The gravity of the decision, who is Jesus? Is he the person that I'm putting my trust in, that I'm claiming as payment for my sin? All people are sinners, and here's the other mind-blowing proposition. Let's assume there is a person who lives a life that commits only one sin, only one, Mm -hmm. and that that sin is the most benign white lie of all time. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the courage to say, uh, that's not the most flattering dress you've ever worn. That's not the most flattering suit you've ever worn. Or make the the fatal mistake of asking a young lady, when you do, and she's not pregnant. she's not pregnant. I've done that. So (laughs) actually touched her stomach. Oh, (laughs) that's not fun. So anyway, let's just say somebody committed only one sin in their life and it was a white lie. That one white lie benign sin would make them as unqualified to spend eternity with God as the most vile sinner, serial murderer of all time. (laughs) Because one sin disqualifies you. One bad thought, one wrong attitude. It's over. That's why he had to die. That's why Jesus had to die. And that sacrifice is there for you. That love is there for you, but you have to connect. The love is demonstrated most eloquently by what Jesus did for you at the cross. And so claim that and then extend grace to others whose behavior is not in line with God's perfect plan for life because you have been given the same grace. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, your Father in heaven will forgive you if you forgive others. If you don't, then you have problems. Um. I want to give a a thank you to the church leaders 
at the church that I attend. Father Jim Black, Father Steve Smith, and Deacon Steve, because the homilies, by the way, we attend church in church mm-hmm. with, they follow all the rules. Is a homily essentially sermon. a message, sermon. a sermon? Sorry, yeah. yeah. I've all been about courage, eyes on Jesus, don't fear. It's Great just, job. It's just, it, and I just want to thank them. I want to thank them not bowing down. I want to thank them for having or the leadership of having the courage to open up the facilities so people can go and worship in a responsible, responsible way. And I would also thank them for giving their parishioners information that their parishioners need for strength in a difficult time. That's the relevance. Well, the main the thing relevance of their message is right. awesome. That's the main thing that I'm thanking them for because they're taking a leadership role and they're not apologizing for speaking about being fearless and not being afraid, uh, even though there's things to be afraid of. And Deacon Steve, and I, I apologize, I, I know his last name, I just don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to do him the disservice. Our reading yesterday in the gospel was Matthew 14, 22 through 33, so if you bear with me for a minute mm-hmm. and I will share this with you, then I want to tell you what his sermon or what his point of the sermon was okay immediately jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd i think this is after he fed the mm-hmm. five thousand after he dis- dismissed them he went up to the mountainside to pray by himself later that night he was there alone and a boat was already a considerable distance from the land which the disciples were in buffeted by waves against the wind Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were scared and terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then, of course, Peter, who is like, I think you and I are very similar to Peter. Yep. Rockheads in a lot of ways, yep. but still <laughs> devoted. Impetuous. <laughs> Tell the people what that means, Bruce. Just, uh, you know, act quickly, maybe sometimes before (laughs) thinking. Just maybe. Once in a while. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began sinking. Cried out, Lord, save me. This is how I used to read the Bible to the kids because <laughs> I did all the a bit because I made it stories. But anyway, that's I, I digress. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they have crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all around country. People brought all their sick to him. He begged him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched were healed. And so after the gospel was read, Deacon Steve gets up there and he's talking about there's, you know, we're afraid of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. He said, but at some point, we got to get out of the boat. Yep. Get out of the boat. That's right. And start walking to Jesus. And guess what? Don't take your eyes off of him yeah. because you'll start sinking. Don't put your confidence in yourself. Start walking. Get out of the boat, people. That's right. That's right. Kevin Warren, get out of the boat. <laughs> get out of the boat, Kev. 
Amen to that. I couldn't say it better. Fantastic. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at We Tackle, uh, on Facebook, Spielman and Hooley. You can watch video of the show. That'll be up shortly after uh, this podcast ends. Please get your nominations in for COVID-19 relief to Podcast at gmail.com. We have a lot of people responding, their appreciation for the $250 checks that they uh, will receive off of our Friday drawing. And we look forward to giving you the pleasure and the privilege of being able to contact someone and say, hey, I nominated you for $250 in COVID-19 relief, and you won, but we can't do it unless you nominate them. So please do that. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday here on the We Tackle Life podcast. Have a good one.